Yo, 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 this your boy, Chris Cash, a.k.a. I'm Elgin, and I want to welcome y'all to the hottest damn podcast on the planet. I want to welcome y'all to Cash Cam Podcast. You guys have been following what's been going on um, with Colin Kaepernick and the NFL and, you know, Colin taking the stance on kneeling. You guys already know uh, in the headline what's been going on. Well, tonight's guest, um, to me, holds just as much as important um, than hearing about Colin. Um, this guy is reportedly the guy that inspired Colin um, Kaepernick to kneel in the first place. Once you introduce yourself to everybody that's listening in, because listen, my wife, my kids, nobody listen to me, brother. Who you be? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Uh, I'm Nate Boyer. Uh, I'm from uh, from California. Grew up there. Grew up a Niners fan. Um, you know, went on a little later in life and joined the military, became a, a Green Beret, the Army Special Forces. Uh, and then from there, went back to college a little bit later at the University of Texas in Austin uh, and walked on the football team, even though I'd never played football before in my life. Made the football team, finished my degree up, uh, had a brief, brief stint with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, I, I had deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan, kind of in the middle of all that stuff. Uh, and then, you know, just uh, like you said, a couple years ago, uh, when Colin first started demonstrating, uh, protesting during the national anthem, protesting uh, police brutality and, and racial injustice, uh, you know, he was sitting on the bench and created quite an uproar. And I wrote him an open letter, kind of just explaining my experiences and, and uh, my relationship to the anthem, to the flag, patriotism, but also uh, seeking more of an understanding for where he's coming from. And uh, Colin actually reached out to me, and we ended up meeting together. And through our conversation, kind of came to a you know a middle ground. We both fought, felt respected, and and also Colin still felt like he was uh, you know his demonstration was uh, was speaking out towards what he was uh, defending, and he agreed to to take a knee instead of sit uh, during the anthem. And uh, that's where the, the kneeling kind of sprung from. And, Two years later, uh, you know, it's still a very polarizing topic, but um, yeah, it's been interesting to say the least. Have you experienced any backlash from, uh, you know, uh, veterans, you know, or, or, or your peers or people that that's not in support of Colin um, Kaepernick um, kneeling? Do, do have you experienced any backlash from people saying, "Hey, um, why you even meet with Colin in the first place, and why are you supporting him um, like you do?" Um, what did you say to those, to those people? Yeah, I've, I've experienced uh, quite a bit, you know, but I think I've experienced a lot more support. And, and it's not necessarily support from people that agree with me. It's support from people say people saying, you know, I don't agree, but I respect his rights. And uh, I think that you're handling it in a good way. So I've received a lot of that as well. And I don't want to pretend that I'm only getting negative, um, you know, feedback. But I, But I have gotten you know, negative feedback. And it's actually, interestingly enough, it's from both sides. It's, it's been people uh, who are on kind of the far left of this discussion as well, who adamantly support Colin. And a lot of them felt like um, I, I, I had no right to kind of interject my opinions on him. And, you know, that maybe he should have never met with me and that he should have continued to sit instead of kneel. And then on the flip side, I've had people, that, you know, for instance, in the veteran community uh, that are very hurt by it, understandably because of their feelings and emotions towards the flag in the anthem that, like you said, say, you know, how could you even sit down with that man? How could you even talk to that guy? And I, I equate that to, 
to where we're, we're misstepping in our country right now, you know, where we got people on both sides of issues that have very strong feelings, which is fine to have, but that aren't even willing to engage and just talk about it, you know, and just have a reasonable discussion. I mean, think about your family, you know, and not everybody in your family, we don't all agree on everything. We disagree on a lot of stuff. Sometimes it's, you know, pretty heavy on religion and politics and all this stuff, but we still sit around the dinner table and uh, we might argue a little bit, but we ultimately, we, you know, we love each other for the most part and we're willing to at least engage in that conversation. So um, why can't we do that at a national level or just, you know, person to person in the communities? It's, it's, uh, it's really frustrating to see that because at the end of the day, um, what we fought for in the military, whether you like it or not, is we fought for the Constitution. Uh, and the First Amendment in the Constitution is freedom of speech. Uh, and that's what Colin's exercising. So I defend that right way more than I defend the man himself. I feel just like you do. How, you know, how can we come together and really tackle the important issue of the divide and racism if nobody want to sit down at a table and, you know what I'm saying, and talk about this stuff? It's like no one know how to have a conversation anymore. Everybody want to be right. Everybody want to argue their points. But no one want to talk to understand. I think we talk to be right. You know what I mean? We got a, a, a serious problem with humility in our country. You know, and like, like you said, just admitting that, hey, I feel a certain way, but it doesn't mean I have all the answers. Just because I feel strongly that way, it doesn't mean I'm on the right side of history and you're on the wrong side of history necessarily. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, especially in the black community, um, haven't heard of you, Nate. Uh, and they, they haven't heard of you. They don't really know your story. I know you, you know, been, did, have done some interview, been in the, you know, uh, media, but it's still a lot of people, and I believe in the black community or, or minority community or just people in this whole bang that haven't heard your name. And this is why I wanted to get you on a podcast tonight, lead to my viewer and listeners to really introduce you because, um, do you feel personally that your name or what you standing for should be mentioned among Colin Kaepernick's name when we talk about him as far as the movement and the things that he's doing for to, to um shed a light on you know on a, um on things in, on injustice. Do you feel your name, especially in the black community, should be mentioned along with Colin because you are the guy that met with him and you know helped expire him to kneel or you encourage him to kneel. So do you feel like, Hey, when you talk about Colin Kaepernick is making this change and doing this movement. Hey, what about me? No, not really. I mean, I, I appreciate, I appreciate people recognizing that and understanding that. Cause I think it's good for Colin as well, for, for everyone to understand that, look, you know, he's being open-minded too. Open-minded doesn't mean only being liberal, you know, just like patriotism doesn't mean only being conservative. Right. So, um, I, not necessarily, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I appreciate it, but I don't think, I don't think people necessarily have to, to know about me or hear about me, but I think it is helpful for a lot of people, um, that are pretty hard headed maybe and, and, and set in their ways to, 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 uh, be familiar with this, that conversation that we had and the story and that, and where, where that kneeling really came out of a place of of compromise and like both of us kind of giving in a little bit, you know, which is okay. Like, it's okay. It doesn't mean you're surrendering. It means you're trying to move forward, uh, and, and together, you know what I mean? And like work, uh, work with people that you don't necessarily agree with because at the end of the day, even if people, even if people, um, don't like the kneeling or the protest of the anthem, uh, or sorry, I should say protest during the anthem, not of the anthem, but even if they don't like those things, 
it doesn't mean they don't care about the criminal justice system and that it needs to be better and the mass incarceration rates are too high. It doesn't mean that. You know what I mean, necessarily. You, you, you can say, I'm hurt by the anthem protest, but I also agree with his message. And that's, and, and, and that's a good thing. You know what I mean? And, and so there's no reason those two people can't work together just because, you know, they're, they, they, they agree, uh, disagree on the method of protest doesn't mean they can't, they can't or shouldn't work together uh, on improving the issue. And I think, I think, and I think Collins feels the same way. You know what I'm saying? I think he does. So I, I, I wish, I'll, I'll be honest, I wish he was a little more outspoken. And I wish he would engage a little more with, with those people like he did in, with me in that moment with people that maybe had a different background and all that. And, but maybe he is and we're just not seeing it, you know, because the media is not focusing on it. So there's also that possibility as well. You, you're right. You, you, like you said, you know, you wish he probably would a little bit more outspoken. And, and you did say maybe he is. And, you know, the media ain't picking up on that. Um, you, yeah. How, okay. When you met with him, um, obvious he had to express himself. He had to be more open to you. Um, um, how uh, uh, exactly? How was the tone during your me- meeting? Was you guys hostile? Was it respectful? Did, oh, he, did you guys no, agree with each other from the start? They were 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 very sensitive to each other's like situations and experiences and backgrounds, and and we both understood that like, hey, I know what I went through. I know I you know I don't know what you've been through. Like we both kind of felt that way, and and we wanna we wanna hear uh, from the individual um, and. And I think we both understood that, and I think most people understand that all of our beliefs and feelings and emotions, they're shaped by our personal experiences. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have a personal connection to something, it's hard to feel as emotionally charged about it as, as, as when you do. And so, I, you know, we both understood that. And, and man, at the same day, what we have, in, we had so much more in common than we had different. I mean, we're <laughs> both from California. We both loved and played football. Um, you know, we understand what a locker room's like and those experiences we, 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 we go through on a, on the field where, you know, not everybody's the same, man. We're from all over the place and we believe different things, different backgrounds, but we can still, you know, fight together. 11 is one on the field for a common goal. And like, why can't we do that in society? There's no reason. So we had that same kind of, we had that shared experience, much more shared experiences than, Indifferent. Yeah, yeah, because um, football is the ultimate team sport. If you ask me, um, it, it, football yeah. it to- totally is. Um, just and I know you got time. Just a few more questions. Um, my brother. Um, how do you after high school? How do you work on on a fishing boat? Um, you know, trying to do your thing as a fighter fighter. How did that transpire? And you walk being a walk on and playing college football when you never ever play organized football a day in your life. I mean, what in the heck? Did you have a dream one day and it was about football and, and it, that changed it? <laughs> let me get on this field and let me do my thing. It was always my favorite sport. I loved football. I never played it, but I loved it. Uh, I played every other sport, you know. And then by the time I was a teenager and I was like, all right, I'm going to try to play football now. I was just so hooked on uh, baseball and basketball and I was afraid if I played football, uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to make the basketball team or the baseball team, and maybe I wasn't going to be that good at football. All those insecurities, you know, we have as kids, that was one of my insecurities, you know, and, and, I, and I didn't want to fail. I was afraid to fail. So I didn't do it, and it was a big regret. And as I grew, you know, and I, went, and I worked on the fishing boat, and then I went, you know, to firefighting school, and I eventually joined the military. Um, it wasn't until my military service, I think, where I gained the confidence and understanding that, like, 
I have what it takes to do anything. You know, I, I, if I just believe in myself and, and work harder than everybody else, I can make it happen, especially in America. Like that's what the American dream is. You know, there's no specific one dream. Everybody's got their own. And so I, uh, I committed, you know, I dedicated myself, um, to that mission and, um, against all odds, I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep fighting and not quit and we'll see what happens. And I, I think more often than not, the people that really commit in that way and are willing to sacrifice quite a bit, but things start to go their way, man. People recognize that people want to work with, uh, hard workers and people that are, uh, on hell bent and following their dreams. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's that passion that inspires people. And, uh, and that's, that's why I got an opportunity to play. You know, it was all, it all stemmed from, um, sort of the grit I developed over time growing up, uh, you know, in my early twenties through, uh, through the challenges that I faced and then the little victories in between, uh, that, that gave me the confidence to believe I could, I could play football, uh, you know, at the college level and even for, for a hot minute at the NFL level. Let us get it. Let us get in your mind. How special was it getting out there on the field? Uh, in the NFL game uh, with the Seattle Seahawks, um, take us through your mindset. What was you going through? Man, it was uh, it was incredible. You know, I mean, it was an emotional day for me, man. Just because, uh, you know, I I didn't know how long it would last, and it it ended up being one game. I only played in one game, you know. But uh, I got an opportunity that week, and to be out there and just feel like I was representing. Um, you know, a lot of people with, with big dreams that, um, are willing to, to just go for them. Uh, and a lot of people that, that, that aren't willing to go for them, that have those big dreams that are scared to, I was representing them too, I'm trying to be an example for them. And, uh, so it was, uh, yeah, there, I'll never feel anything like that again. I'll tell you that much. I mean, just, the um, you know, the serotonin pumping through my body, you know, that, that, that feeling of, uh, being on that natural high. Uh, was just uh, incredible, and it, it, it's, I don't know if it's possible to replicate. Uh, but I think everybody has the potential to feel that in their lives um, if they just kind of go for it, you know, just just take a shot. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, the reason why because I think it's very important, my brother, that the listeners and people that's tuning in that 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 haven't really heard of your name but understand the importance you you play in this whole saga is that you was a fighter your whole life. You look, you was a walk on in college. To me, is impressive. You was an undrafty. To, to, to make it to the NFL, you those things you fought. You went overseas. I mean, you went to the army, put your life on the line. I mean, six years on uh, multiple tours. That's a fighter right there. And I think I just want people to kind of know your background. You know, a little bit something about you. Like this guy, this guy just you know came from the sky out of nowhere, trying to you know get his voice heard. This guy been a fighter his whole life and put his life on the line. So if anybody that I, I feel sh- should have something to say about this ordeal and we should listen. It should be you. So I, I, I appreciate you, you know, sharing your, um, uh, um, uh, answering that for us and explaining that. Now, now, let me ask you this, brother. Now, you know what's going on with Nike and, and, you know, they're making him the head, um, you know, the, uh, a part of the campaign, 30, 30 year anniversary campaign. Do you agree with Nike for, um, making Colin, um, Kaepernick? Um, you know, um, the face of a 30th anniversary campaign. Do you support that? So if I, I don't even, I don't even know if agreeing with it matters. You know, I think, um, I think what Nike's always done, what their brand is, what they're about, 
is taking risks, taking chances, um, and being bold. You know what I mean? And obviously that, and Colin Kaepernick embodies that, you know what I mean? So it, it, it totally makes sense. And, and, and they knew, man, they calculated risks. They knew there was going to be haters. They knew there was going to be people that forfeited the brand, but for the most part, I mean, it was a business decision. They know most of their supporters, people that love their gear, people that follow that brand, um, whether they agree with Colin Kaepernick's politics or not, I think they agree with what the spirit of what he was doing, you know what I mean? And the spirit of what's that about. And, uh, so, so yeah, it, it was a, a big risk to sort of get political in a sense by them, but it's not the first time, you know what I'm saying? Like they've done like stuff like this in the past and they're always been forward thinking. And, uh, like I said, they calculated that risk. They knew they, they knew that they were going to lose, um, they were going to lose contracts and they were going to lose um, followers and all that. But also, if you look at the numbers and the stats, I mean, this campaign is doing God, 10 times better than anything they've done in years. Oh, yeah. you know, so it, like, like, I mean, anybody that's in business and savvy in that way, it understands, hey, man, this is like, this is a good move. The smart move. Yeah, I know a lot of other people are like, damn, man, why, why, why we didn't, uh, why we didn't do what Nike just did, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, you know, Nike's one of those companies that was just willing to take that risk, and there's a lot of companies that aren't as big as Nike, where they've, you know, they've got a. Uh, Nike has a lot, and obviously has a lot to lose, but they've they're such a big brand that this was there's no way this was ever going to like bankrupt them. You know what I mean? I oh. mean, there's a chance it, it wouldn't have done well and would have lost some money, but. It's still on brand for who they are, and they're willing to to do that because that's what they're about. Let me ask you something. Um, I know you're saying, bro, Chris Cash, I'm on your podcast, so you can ask me something. How you get your job? Well, what I'm saying is this, uh, my brother. Okay, put yourself. All right, do you? All right, the people going out, um, burning Nike gear that's against you know um, Nike for supporting on um, talent, um. Just just focus on that part. If if you was if, if you are one of those people that feel like, well, I'm not gonna support Nike, is burning that gear the way to go? Or do you feel like it's other ways to um make your feelings be known? I think it's silly, but hey, I think people that did that that are videotaping, I mean they're just trying to get they're just trying to get people fired up or get likes on their posts or who knows what. Like if you really care that much I mean, just don't buy the brand. Just don't buy the brand. Like, to do that is just, like, it's just stupid. It's not even ignorant. It's just stupid. <laughs> like, I just think, I think, or silly or whatever. You know what I mean? I just think yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a show. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah. and I don't think that many people did it. I think that just every time somebody did, it was shared a bunch of places. That, you know, it's considered crazy or something like that. But anyway, I, you know, I think that's... I, they had a bunch of memes going around too, where it was saying, you know, stuff like, yeah, the only people burning their Nike stuff are the ones who buy the mall walkers. You know what I mean? And that's it. So it's not, it's not like they got 15 pairs of Jordans in their closet. All right. Do you believe that it is a conspiracy, you know, when it comes to the NFL and the owners to not let Colin back in the uh, NFL? Would you say, yeah, Chris Cash, I sort of kind of believe that, that it's some type of conspiracy and it's race-driven, or maybe it's not race-driven, maybe it's money-driven, they don't want to lose money from their, their set fans. Do you feel like it's a conspiracy to, you know, not let Colin play football? Hopefully don't think it's a conspiracy. I don't think it's, uh, I don't even necessarily think it's collusion. Um, I do think it's money-driven, though. I think it's, these guys are afraid 
They're, they're kind of the opposite of Nike, afraid to take that risk, afraid to take that chance because they're afraid they're going to divide their fan base or they're going to lose that. But if you see how successful Nike was by doing this, maybe, maybe there's going to be an owner out there soon that's like, hmm, you know, maybe, maybe there's some value there. I think the biggest issue with it that people are kind of looking past is that, you know, his last, and, and, and a lot of people will say, well, that's why he protested because his play on the field declined the last two years. I don't think that's why he protested, but I do think that owners look at it now. It's like, okay, a typical backup, because he's probably a backup quarterback, at least starting out. You know what I mean? Right now. Um, he's definitely better than most of the backup quarterbacks in the league, but I don't know if he's better than most of the starters in the league. So, We'll start out a backup quarterback, but typically what we see in a backup quarterback is a guy that's got the headset on with the clipboard. He's a signal caller. He's he's not an outspoken person, typically very quiet. That's the traditional, um, you know, backup quarterback in the league. And that's not who Colin is and what he's about. And, and, and he's had conversations with teams. You know, he turned down an offer from the Broncos, you know, because he, he didn't want to be a backup. He's like, I want to be a starter. Uh, which of course, of course, he does. Like everybody's fighting for that. Mm-hmm. So, at that point, after he turned that down, I don't think any other teams have offered because, in their mind, they're like, "Well, I think he is a backup right now," and they're worried about that polarization and it being a distraction, and also they're worried about um, the locker room and it being too much of a circus. I, I yeah. think that there's a lot to that, and and I value that opinion. Um, but I also believe there are some owners um, who 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 are in their own mind are blackballing you, or, or you know who in their own mind are like, you know what, no matter what, I'm not going to sign this guy because I disagree with what he stands for or what he kneels for, and that's their right too. I mean, they own the team, but I don't necessarily agree with it. But that's what you know. I think that 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 there's definitely some owners in the league that have that feeling as well. I just don't think it's across the board. To answer your question, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I personally don't think it's a conspiracy across the board with every owner on the same page. I think the owners have different opinions and feelings about things. You know, President Trump, you know, uh, sort of kind of lash out against the NFL of, you know, don't support, you know, we need to take this kneeling and disrespect of kneeling for the you know national anthem out, you know, you need to, you need to fix this. Do um, What do you, do you feel the, the same as, as, no, as Mr. Trump as, hey, this ain't the, it, it, I know you still with Colin and I know you was, the, the reason why you on here is, the, you know, you help reason with him, but do you, Overall, share maybe what people that might feel that Trump that hey, this ain't the place um, for um, your protest is other because I, I heard an interesting take on it. Um, I heard somebody on another media outlet they were saying that well, Colin could make his um, you know he could do a, take a stance during the media. You know, when you're in front of the media after games and stuff like that, and that's where all the cameras. I mean, Doug, Doug, Doug Baldwin says it best. Doug Baldwin, the receiver for the Seahawks, he says. You know, a protest is meant to be uncomfortable. And that's why that's why Colin picked that that time. You know, also though, it, it's fair to it's fair to recognize that Colin, you know, he, he's uh, he did say when he first sat during the anthem that I'm not going to stand for a flag that um a, that, that I'm not gonna stand for a flag that represents a, uh, oppression of people of color, right? Um and so you know, in a sense, he was he chose that that time during the anthem because mm-hmm. of what he feels uh, the flag and, and the anthem are representing, or what they're not representing 
uh, from an equality standpoint. And that's, that, those are his feelings and, and the way that, uh, and the reason that he chose that platform also knowing that it would be a very polarizing uh, thing and a very uh, thought provoking. Thank you for that. And what did you say to the veterans, man, that, that, that have fought like you have put your life, life on a line for this country. Um, what do you say to the ones that, don't agree with Colin because it sure is a lot of them that do and it's a lot of them like you that say, hey, man, I might feel this, but I feel like this is right and this is what we fall for. What about to the ones that just can't seem to have that same mindset as you and others? Um, What would you tell them in private um, on how to deal with this whole um, kneeling um, thing with Colin? For rights and freedoms. You don't have to agree with it or like it, and most of them don't, I would say. Uh, but that's what we still fought for. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we also fought for someone that would that would burn the American flag right in front of us. You know, we don't have to like it, we don't have to agree with it, but that's what we fought for. Um, and and that's that's what freedom is. You know, that's what the First Amendment says. That's what it's all about. That's the difference from sitting and kneeling. I know you went to him and you met with Colin Cabinet, and you say, "Well, brother, then we want you." do this thing and kneel instead of sitting. Why is it, what's the importance? What is the difference between him sitting? Well, I'm, I'm not the authority on, on gestures of protest, but for me personally, uh, you know, I think it's more respectful and it's, it's more proactive. Um, and it's, and it's alongside your teammates. And, and I think for me, uh, from an optic standpoint, if somebody's just kind of sitting it out, it looks like they don't really care. Mm-hmm. But when someone's kneeling, they're paying respects and they're showing reverence. Um, and, and so that's what it looks like. That's the difference to me. And there's a lot of people that disagree with that. But I think there's a lot of people that also agree with that, you know, and say, you know what, that is that is more powerful. And uh, and, and that's just uh, that's just my opinion. But uh, that that's that's where I was coming from in that discussion. And 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 where did, and 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 and, and brother um of. Oh. Will, will things change when all the smoke clear? This this whole thing sort of blow over. Um, do you feel that Colin Cabinet kneeling and the whole commotion behind it, whether he was wrong or right? Do you feel that it was? I think the whole reason why um, Colin was doing this for change. Do you think we would see change? Something come from this, or you would think this is all for nothing? It, it, nothing would change. More of it uh, definitely wasn't all for nothing. I mean, if you look at uh, unarmed people of color that have been killed by police this year, it's way down. It's been going down the last couple of years. So we are seeing change, um, you know, and I think uh, I think we need to continue to see that. And people need to be continued, continue to be involved in, in the voting process. That's something that, that Colin said a couple of years ago that I, I don't know if he would say something different now. I would hope so. But, he, he you know, he said he wouldn't vote because. Um, he doesn't want to vote for the oppressive system. And I said, you know, at the time, I was like, we have a black president uh, right now. And I think voting uh, shows over the years, you know, people fought for that right to vote in the civil rights movement. You know what I mean? Like fought, gave their lives. Uh, so I think that that that, that, that is a big, that is, that is definitely something uh, that we can also do. Uh, but no, it's definitely having an impact and it continue, it will continue to have an impact, the protests, I mean. But I don't know if they're ever going to go away as far as the polarization of it. I think there's always going to be people that, you know, don't agree with it and are, and, and are not okay with it. And that's fine. 
you know, but we are seeing changes. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I see that you said you're a 49er fan. I just wanted to sneak that in. You know, I'm, a, you know, I'm from Chicago. You're a Chicago Bear fan. You know what I'm talking about. How do you think the 49ers would do this year, bro? Start out. Uh, we lost, you know, we picked up Jarek McKinnon in the offseason, uh, yeah. played running back, and, you know, he's hurt in the preseason. So that's a big, that's a big loss. But Matt Breida, man, that guy steps up. He just keeps stepping up. Uh, he, he's, he's the leading rusher in the NFL through two weeks, actually. Wow. And uh, he had a big, a big 67-yarder this week that kind of secured the win for the Niners. So, um, yeah, he's uh, – they, they definitely – they're fighters, man. They, 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 you know, Jimmy G's obviously got a lot of talent. That was a big move there. He hasn't quite had a, a breakout game uh, these first two, two games. He's, he's played okay. He's capable of doing better, and I think he will. Uh, but it's only his 10th career start, too. Like, the guy's – you know, he's still a young player. He's, he, he's been in the league for four or five years, but he's still pretty new to being the guy. So they'll, they'll get there, man. The defense is tough, dude. They, they play hard. I got a guy that I played in college, a couple guys I played in college with on the Niners, uh, starting safety, a guy named Adrian Colbert. So I, I think, he, I think he was kind of a late draft pick. You know, he won, he earned a starting job last year and he's out there, you know, running through people. You got uh, Marquise Goodwin at receiver that played with the Texas, which is one of the most explosive, explosive players in the NFL. He's a little banged up right now, but um, he kind of had a breakout year last year. Uh, you know, these guys, uh, they're young and, and hungry, and, um, you know, obviously Ruben Foster. Like, they got a lot of talent. DeForest Buckner, all these dudes. Like, they'll get there. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, and, and, and did 49ers get in the backlash from this, man? I, that's, I think that's a good question. I don't want to pat myself on the back. It might be the worst question in the history of interviewing. But do you, do you feel that any back, backlash, did the 49ers catch any shade with this whole column? Because this was the last team he was with. Do you think, is that dark crowd over the 49ers? Or you think no? Um, Let me shut up. You get my mm-hmm. question? I think, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think there's a, a black shot. I mean, you know, he opted out of his contract on his own. Like, it's not like they cut him. So, right. Um, right. no, I, I, I don't think so at all. And actually, um, the, uh, the owner of the Niners, his name is escaping me right now, um, but he's been one of these people, one of the few owners that has kind of supported Colin, uh, his right to do what he's doing and kind of been vocal on that end. So I, I don't think they've had a bunch of negative backlash, no. And this is just a side note, brother, before we get out of here. I know you, but I'm going to hang up the phone on you. Listen, you was, you also did your thing. You try to become an actor early on in your life, too. I, with this whole Colin situation, I'm pretty sure this is going to make it into the big screen. It's going to make it into the movies. I, I just I just know down, years down the line or, or sooner than I think, it, this is definitely going to be a movie. Um, Since you were doing your thing, you know, in, in the past, you know, trying to be a, um, you know, an actor, do you feel like this will become a movie, this whole situation? And do you feel like maybe you will play yourself? Hey, I don't need you, Brad Pitt. You understand me? I don't need you. I'll play myself, damn it. Do you feel like this will be a movie soon? Yeah, I think one day this story uh, will be, at least a documentary. You know what I mean? No, no. It'll be covered uh, pretty heavily, I think. And, you know, I'm sure that, you know, I think, I'm sure people have already been talking to Colin about doing a story about his, you know, this whole situation in his life, so. Um, yeah, I think one day that might happen. Time. You get the last word. What do you want to say to everybody? Bro? From uh, from Michael Bennett, the guy I played with in Seattle. He's on the, the Falcons now. Um, you know, that that uh, what's most important here is, is we just need to be good people. Just be a good person to everybody. You know what I mean? Treat people, treat everybody with respect. Um, you know, be nice. Be open-minded. Listen. Uh, and uh, And be bigger than 
those headlines that get you fired up and angry, you know, and you just want to react. Be bigger than that. Be bigger than, than, than the things that, you know, the president says to get you all fired up and angry. Like, understand, like, be smarter. You know what I mean? And just take everything with a grain of salt. Slow it down a little bit. And, uh, and just be a good person. I mean, we, we, we don't choose what happens to us in our lives. And we don't choose um, what gets reported on and what's thrown in our face all the time. We always choose how we react. You know, we can always take a little time and patience and react in a different way. And you can still be an activist. You can still make change and still be a powerful person uh, with a smile on your face. You know what I mean? So, like, that's all I want to encourage. Today, before we get out of here, what are you, what, what are you doing today? Um, what, what do your life consist of, man? Um... I, got a, I, got a, I have a nonprofit called Merging Vets and Players. We're bringing together former professional athletes and combat veterans and helping them find purpose once they're, uh, once they're done playing their sport or serving their country. And uh, it's been really powerful, man, because what we did on the field versus on the battlefield are very different, but the locker rooms are the same. And a lot of the struggles with trans- transitioning back to quote-unquote civilian life, uh, that's very similar, you know. And so we'll, there's that mutual respect between the two groups. And it's been very powerful to see these guys grow uh, and get back and serve again in different ways in the communities. And, and just develop right. that bond and brotherhood that they're, they're missing, the camaraderie that they lose when the uniform comes off. Oh yeah, and um, th- and tell everybody um where they can stay up to date with you. You know your social sites, your website, everything you want people to definitely um stay in tune with you. Just the time to tell everybody. NateBoyer.com and uh, at NateBoyer37 is where I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Cash, cash.